0: What happens when your worst fear becomes your reality? Hi, I'm Brent Cassidy. Welcome to the Nightmare Success in and Out podcast, where we explore how to overcome your fears and nightmares and set yourself free. We're going to be exploring this topic with guys I was in Leavenworth with and others who survived their own nightmare. These stories can be inspiring, sometimes sad, there's some humor, but hopefully you can come away with a nugget of something that'll help you knock down some of the prisons you built up in your own mind. My guest today is Jason Roschelbach. Good morning. He was the CEO of the national company, uh, The Mortgage Store. Some of you may have remembered that, heard about that company. Did a lot of advertising. Uh, He's a good friend of mine. So Jason, welcome. Good morning, Brent. (laughs) So... Thanks.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: That's the uh, live audience we have. I've been really itching to use that button. So, you got a good
1: setup here. Thanks.
0: This is better, isn't it, than sitting on the wall, the cinder block wall with the plastic chairs? This is a lot better. <laughs> I,
1: I, I have a feeling I might get to hold a remote control.
0: Mm. Big deal. Yeah, big deal. Got to have seniority, big, though. Big deal. So, Jason, you know, the, the, the show's about dealing with your, you know, your worst fear, becomes your reality. And, and both you and I have had um, a lot of ups and downs, and we both had the opportunity to build national companies. Um, take me back a little bit. What, what was Jason What was Jason doing as a teenager in, in, in your life at that time?
1: You know, as a teen, I was living a pretty uh, typical kind of semi-rural uh, high schooler lifestyle in Wentzville, Missouri and played tennis and uh
0: You're pretty good at tennis. I'm a pretty good tennis yeah. player. We've played some I could, tennis yeah, I here that. locally. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and in, on the in, court, the league, yeah. in the league. In the league yeah. there yeah. at Leavenworth
1: yeah. where we had tennis tennis courts. Very interesting tennis court. You cannot bring your own tennis racket. Right. I thought that you could but you cannot no. do not bring your own tennis racket. So anyway, that that was my uh, you know. I went to Wentzville High School and was a pretty good student, National Honor Society type, uh, goal setting kid, and uh, and uh, you know from there went on to Mizzou, and um, you so know, Midwestern boy, Brent.
0: Midwestern boy made good. So t- tell me because you know not everybody builds a company that that you take big and you go national. What what was. Walk, walk me through what, what happened. How did you get to that point where you said, hey, I, I've got an idea. I think it'll work. And then how did you go about doing that?
1: Well, I have a background in sales and probably just a personality for sales. And got my Series 7 as a young kid at uh, at Mizzou. I left Mizzou and got my Series 7, worked for Stiefel Nicholas. And cold called a guy here in town named Ray Vinson and Eventually ended up working for a ninety nine uh, ninety nine. That's right, Uncle no. Ray. And um, I'm pretty good at treating sales as a process, so uh, I'm a good trainer and a good leader. I think so. I thought, well, that's a, he's got a good idea here, mm-hmm. and I I would have to admit that I modeled after uh, well, after what we I- were doing there, and came across a company. That um, had a good name, and decided to partner with the mom and pop owners of that shop because the platform was open. I said, "Okay, let's let's we can blow this up and do it uh, quickly, scale scale quickly." So,
0: well, you you bring up something that I think is an important point when you're trying to build or, or both for business and life is to find somebody that's doing it right or getting it right. And you try to model and take a piece of that and say, you know what, that would work for me. I'm going to put that in my business. I'm going to make it that a little bit more custom to what I'm doing. But it, 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 don't you think that sometimes it's just like humbling yourself and, and uh, saying, you know, I'm looking for advice and I'm looking for things that are working and people getting it right. And then you take that advice and you put it into what what you want to make work.
1: I think if you're going to say, I'm going to make everything up from scratch and I'm not going to build on the shoulders of, you know, better people, smarter people, try to hire and surround myself with smarter people, then you're, you know,
0: you're going to have a tough road to hoe. Well, it's hard to invent everything, right? Right. There is nothing new. Yeah. So you, so you build a company and it becomes successful. Uh, I'm sure you're proud of what you had built.
1: Yes, Yes, we we were uh, recognized as one of the Inc. 500 fastest-growing companies in our niche for multiple years in a row, and you know we took a mom and pop shop literally from Wentzville, Missouri, and built a, a brand, built a, a model, built an advertising uh, and marketing machine, and a sales training and hiring machine. And okay, let's start let's start marching. Where is this? Country how many, growing, how can how can we, you know, how
0: many states did
1: you get into as as it all grew? I think we had seven branches in in five states.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. So when did you start feeling the heat that like, oh my god, this is uh, something's going on and it doesn't feel good?
1: From a business perspective, uh, two thousand mm-hmm. and eight, and. I would, I would say, you know, we all look backwards and I'm sure we'll have conversations on what did you, what did you, Mm -hmm. you know, what did you first see? And then you didn't do something or you didn't realize really what was going on. And I had feedback from vendors. We had a a credit line with, um, our warehouse lender, a $10 million warehouse line with, uh, relatively small institution in Atlanta Georgia who started telling us well all right well you can't we're we're not going to fund any more loans with IndyMac for example and you know uh, I will tell you I was also 31 32 you know I was in my early 30s and and Thought I was a lot smarter than I probably was. and
0: Invincible.
1: At that invincible. Age, so oh, of course. I was yeah. bulletproof and yeah. invisible right. in addition to invincible at mm-hmm. that point, you know, based on nothing but success having been <laughs> achieved, Brent. You know, <laughs> nothing I could do no wrong. And so, anyway, in 2008, uh, you know, outside – it would be something like that, and I'd be questioning why would we not underwrite for Indymac? That's right. this is ridiculous, and I probably at the time because it might have been a little of my personality would have been, you know, pushing back or or you know trying to uh, strong arm not changing my model to my you know someone I looked at as a vendor, and I should have looked at them as an advisor, mm-hmm. right? So that's there's there's one mistake, and through two thousand eight, I really. Um, After having expanded and then seeing slowdowns, for example, in our market in Orlando and Las Vegas and like, well, how can these, you know, how can things be getting slower, you know, and, and then, okay, IndyMac goes out of business. I can remember in the spring of 2008, uh, you know, going on a trip to the Kentucky Derby and for the first time probably in uh, uh, ever, mm-hmm. I guess, thinking, I don't know if I should be going on a, mm-hmm. a trip. Starting, you know, I don't it. feel good. Yeah. This is supposed to be my spring trip, you know, where I'm supposed to be starting to feel good and, mm-hmm. oh, summer is coming and... yeah. Uh, And I was not. I was not feeling good in the spring of 2008, which, uh, you know, turned out in our business, you know, I wish I would have paid more attention or been more intuitive. Um, Your gut is right. I mean, there's a million one-liners that I've got the benefit
0: of now, having looked looked backwards. Do you – did you ever get – the knock on the door that said hey we're we're investigating you or from an FBI agent
1: well, uh, we knew immediately, right so I got a call uh, from our our cFO who said, Okay, one of our accounts is closed they They have closed one of our accounts, and what had been going on is uh, you know essentially. You know, to keep the, the company open or whatever, however you want to characterize it, we're writing checks between our accounts and, and ultimately just digging a, a big hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and my instinct was, well, let's go into, I'm going to fix this mode because that's what I do. I'm mm-hmm. going to fix everything going on around here. We're going we're gonna, to, you know, minimize or close this branch in Las Vegas. We're going to stop, you right. know, paying advertising bills over here. We got to put the dirt in the hole, stop the, the bleeding. And what I, you know, what I should have done right then is just, uh, okay, this is very, very serious. This is letter of the law, mm-hmm. get an attorney yeah. and, you know, turn but your CFO in the, and, yeah. uh, you know, whistleblow. I, on yourself, essentially, yeah. and I, I didn't really figure out how to do that and had had misplaced confidence in my own abilities to fix a problem that had already spiraled out of control.
0: Well, and I think that is the other part of it that um, people may not understand is how fast those things happen, and and when you're dealing with a large company that, uh, it all comes at you really fast. You know, in our situation, we had 22 states and, and the regulatory world of each regulatory department in each state coming at us, request, and we didn't have enough hours in the day to respond to it. And it felt like you were, you had literally slipped down the abyss to being caved in and, and it was claustrophobic. So it did, and, and that happens really fast too. And you're thinking, as you were saying jason you're thinking i'm going to fix this i've got this i've but there's not as you're doing it you've got everything you're being shot in the front in the back sideways and and you feel like no no i've got this i've got this this is i'm going to save everything i'm going to make everything work
1: yeah, watch me, watch me surf through this, yeah. but you're surfing the sands of an hourglass and you're about to be squeezed. <laughs> exactly. And, and it does happen it fast. Above. Yeah. If you could see it from outside, which yeah. you can't at the time, yeah. but it, yeah, it, it's a waterfall effect of this regulator, you know, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about after prison too, because it's not much different. Your probation officer is in communication with the IRS. Hey, you you know, yeah. the, the pressure, uh, And the pressure around the failure part of the business at the time is, uh, you know, it's just overwhelming. And this is even before the threat of litigation. This is just watching a business Business. where I have 200 people working here. And, you know, I did a billion dollars worth of originations last year. And you can't even believe that it's happening. And you're living through this. And all of a sudden, all of your attention is uh your biggest bill is uh legal fees then and the paperwork that, that only stacks gets bigger. Up, it only gets bigger.
0: Um you have to worry about you've it, got two hundred lives. Until they stop. Yeah.
1: You've got two hundred people on
0: payroll. Yeah. Um no it's And that it's, always stays, you know, to me that that is one of the things that always stayed with me was is that anything and any meeting I was going to, I, I you know, it was in the back of my mind I've got I've got four hundred people here that I've got to. Um, their lives are on my back. I gotta, I gotta get, gotta get this meeting right. I gotta save this, this day. Right. Yeah. You have to clear payroll. Yeah. And that was always, uh, I mean, that keep you up at night, and first thing you wake up in the morning, last thing you think at night.
1: No, so, you sweat, you lose weight. Yeah. You don't eat. Uh, drink too much.
0: You drink too much. Uh,
1: and so, make other bad
0: decisions. Other bad decisions. So. Jason, I, I I know that, you know, going through all that, you finally come to this point where you're looking at uh, going to trial or pleading. And for those listening to this, uh, just to throw out a number that a lot of people don't know, 97% of the people that are indicted plea. So we have a conviction rate in the United States. Of ninety seven percent, and uh, of course, both you and I are part of that ninety seven percent. What was the night before? The night before you pled, what what was that like? When you finally said, "You know what?" Uh, gonna, it was I the don't... best
1: night of sleep I had had for uh, a year and a half, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll we'll get back into it, but. After my company failed, I went on, uh, actually went back to, to work in financial services and was an investment banker with a small firm in Clayton, just living my life um, for years, including getting a, a semi-congratulatory type call from my attorney at one point saying, yeah, I think your deal, your de- hey, your deal's all over. There's no more attention. Mm-hmm. You, you're not worthy of attention. Any? Oh, that's great. You know, so we're going to move on.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I can remember where I was, who I was pitching, where I was driving back from yeah. when I got the call out of the blue, which, you know, when you uh, yeah. see the number pop up, oh, you know, maybe I don't want to give this guy's name right now. It's still mm-hmm. a good friend of mine, actually. A, a very good counsel and a good friend but why is he calling you know you're not supposed to be calling we don't have anything to talk about i thought and uh, that's when he told me oh no you're back uh, you're all back up on the desk and um, here we you go need to come yeah here we go need you to come on in
0: so how long how long was all that when need you-, you to
1: come on in and bring a check <laughs> bring a check <laughs>
0: yeah, because we're going to be paying me a lot bring the first check yeah yeah um how long did all that last, Jason? From the time that you had started and feeling that the company in spiral, and then the federal deal, how long? How long did you deal with it?
1: Okay, so the company, uh, you know, like we said, it it went down fast, and not even my own. Uh, Internal things at our company. That whole industry it just failed. Yeah, our our it's biggest two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. So anybody doesn't remember uh, right. Lehman Brothers, Bear Stearns, these yeah. hundred-year-old companies that Big were my Boys. counterparties yeah. are closing, and you'd just yeah. like what? That's Part not possible. Spiral. Bear Stearns. Okay. Anyway, so the business it it failed, crashed, burned. Uh, a couple of successors tried to make a mark with the brand or whatever, but you can't do anything with a brand in an industry that is dead. And yeah. we were a subprime lender and that industry was dead. There wasn't a borrower or a buyer. Yeah. So done. We're done. Um, timing. Timing is everything. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like I said, I just, okay, I'm going to pick myself back up and let's go, let's go sell something else. Let's do something mm-hmm. else. We have got to go live another yeah. life. Um, now you really can't. Because you've turned in a license to the state of Missouri. Okay, we right. don't go get your insurance license after your company has turned right. in their lender's license. Kind of right? Raised a red flag. Yeah. So right? you're you're already, um, but you're still trying. You're still trying. Yeah. I mean, I'm still trying, and and um, you know,
0: and like, that's one it, of the things, Jason. I want to explore too, because you know, um, you know, life life gets tough. Before you go in, you know, obviously it's tough when you're in, and it's 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 really tough when you get out. So, you know, the idea that you can just kind of sit and watch and wait, you have to keep stepping in to try to figure out. And at the time you did that, you didn't have much to work with. You were just saying, "Hey, (laughs) I don't have my company now. Uh, No one man one one man show. (laughs) Here I am. Yeah, have mouthful travel. Yeah,
1: sales and marketing. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So." Uh, so the
1: company failed in 2008, I guess that's that's the story. Yeah. And for 2008 to 2012, you know, I, I reinvent my career and make a new career for myself and then get the call from my attorney. Oh, no, you're still on the desk.
0: Okay, into, yeah. so and now... That was in I, 2012?
1: That's in 2012. Okay. And now I'm on a parallel path, keeping the secret, right? Yeah. I'm going into my office in Clayton... Which is convenient because my attorney's also located Perfect. in Clayton's this is yeah. very good because we're going to be working a lot together
0: yeah walking distance
1: walking distance <laughs> and no one at my office knows yeah. I can't you know of course I'm doing deals yeah um, I closed a deal the day before I went into you know, I collected a check the day before I went in to plea and it was funny that the the Fed said yeah we're good we, we will extend this for you to do your your deal okay um, you know, because it, it, it is also a funny story how cordial everyone is and we're all wearing suits. But these guys are putting you in prison in a minute, too. Oh, yeah. So, yeah.
0: Um, you know. So you so you find out, so you go in and you plea. Uh, as we all know, the letter shows up in the mail and tells you where you're going to be assigned to. Uh, it's just a very matter-of-fact letter. It says Leavenworth. What's your thoughts about that? I'd heard of that one. I heard of that one. Yeah, too. <laughs> didn't hear a lot good. Okay, it's in the movie. So yeah, you you do
1: you you do plea, and I'm I'm sure we'll get back to it. But your 97% conviction rate. This is how it works: is you get to plead guilty to one count of conspiracy, knowing that the prosecutor will support uh, your attorney's suggestion of can we give this person. House arrest, probation, up to two years incarceration maximum. So they reach that agreement before you walk walk in in. because the alternative is without your pleading to one count of conspiracy, we're going to charge you with 40 counts of of everything, (laughs) variety of things that we're just going to throw against the wall. And we're going to go for, you know, there's 20 years on each count.
0: So So you're looking at 400 to 500 years if, Potentially, if, yeah. If if convicted on each count, I think uh, mine was uh, it was uh, mail fraud, wire fraud. Because anything once you're deemed to be not a right company, then everything you made, uh, everything, every, yeah. every wire, you uh, make, everything, everything you ever buy is money laundering. And so all those added up to like nine hundred years. So that that was a lot to look at. Especially, there's nothing quite like looking at your name on a sheet of paper versus the United States of America underneath. Yeah. Underneath. Yeah. It's kind of intimidating. It's a one-sided. It is. And it's, it's, when you get to that end and you plea, I think you are. Your bear league
1: softball team is okay. You guys are playing the Dodgers tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) It's a good analogy, Jason. (laughs) Okay. So here's the deal. Um, you you head to Leavenworth. You you voluntarily surrendered, right? Yeah,
1: I did. Okay, I, I did. I did.
0: Yeah, it's, that's a weird thing.
1: It was a really weird thing. My dad drove me. Yeah, uh, it was a Tuesday. Me too. And um, when I got there, you know Mac. Remember Mac? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you go to Leavenworth, and the you see the big Leavenworth. You don't yeah, see it. We
0: ended up in a camp. 1879, looks like Shawshank. Red yeah, it looks like
1: Shawshank. Yeah. And, and there's a little house up front, like a brick, you know, brick manse or whatever you want to call it. And uh, my dad and I went in there, and this gentleman, Mac, was getting ready to ask us about whether we were taking the tour. And I extended my hand and said, "No, I'm, uh, I'm, a, so I'm surrendering today." Yes. Might have said, "I'm checking in." Right, checking in. But uh, there's, you don't shake hands. There's no. no, there is no handshake. That was it. You leave your dad in the parking lot after you find out you're not bringing your gym bag in. You don't need your shoes or your tennis.
0: You don't need anything. Gear.
1: You don't need anything because
0: no. they're going to take all of it anyway. They are taking everything. Right. Yeah,
1: you're going to get everything there.
0: So, so. My thing, you don't
1: have shoes when you get in there
0: well and and you know when you went in because you go into the big penitentiary you, that's where you start so, the processing so, so yes. don't you think your first thought is uh i wonder if they know i'm not supposed to be in this one
1: yeah you're really concerned <laughs> you de- you definitely are are um first of all it's a bunker And it's, it's not, none of these areas that you're walking through are big areas. You're not in an auditorium. You're going from one small corridor into another small corridor and you're, you're being processed.
0: Don't you feel somewhat, Jason, like as you're walking through there, you can almost feel your freedom shedding like off your skin, like your, each, each step you take through this gate and through this little gate. And then they take,
1: it's more than you thought it was going to be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You had asked, I, don't, I can't remember if I answered, but you said, that wh- how did you sleep the night before you pled guilty? Mm-hmm. And I slept great. Yeah, you know, And I hear these stories about fugitives on the run and, the, oh, finally I'm caught. Yeah. So um, I slept night, great that night. And the
0: night before prison. The
1: night before prison, you do not sleep great. No. That is not a good one. That's not a good one. Uh, we drove from St. Louis into the Kansas City area and stayed at a nice hotel and went to a nice steakhouse mm-hmm. is how we prepped for the next morning, the 10 a.m. drop Mm -hmm. for the next morning. The check-in.
0: The check-in. Yeah. Uh, And I remember this, too, is that Julie, I went up there with my brother and my mom, and and, uh, we we had dinner down on the plaza, and and then we took off and went back over to Leavenworth to look. Oh, you could look around. To look at it from from the outside, and it was kind of dark, and you could see people walking around. You could still actually see people walking the fence. And my thought was, I didn't say this to Julie, but it, my thought was, Is my God, I'm going to be in there tomorrow. I'm going to be inside there, inside that fence, inside that small building that looks like a rundown schoolhouse and in a bunk bed in that place. Maybe in a bunk bed. Who Maybe knows? Know, who know knows? At that time, what, a, what you were going to be in. Okay, so they walk you in, Jason. Uh, t- walk me through your first day.
1: Okay, I'm trying to remember. They walk you in. um. Uh, I think that was the first place that I was actually fingerprinted. Yeah. So I was never arrested, handcuffed, yeah. fingerprinted at any point yeah. by the marshals or the prosecutor's office at, at any point in my journey uh, or prosecution until I got to Leavenworth. So I was handcuffed, yeah. um, made an offer. What do you want to do with your street clothes? Mm-hmm. You know, Do you want to donate these? I thought that or? was a weird
0: question, didn't you? After you come in, you know, I knew that one thing I wanted to do is not that nice coat I had. I was going to leave that in the car. Yeah. Didn't want him to have that.
1: Yeah. I, I walked in knowing I might not see these clothes again. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. You, so I went with the donate. Yeah. You yeah. can donate these clothes. And then. Um,
0: Don't you remember that kind of looked like a dead pile? You know, like there's just clothes in a pile. Yes. Piles yes. Of, yes. And, and then they throw you some, uh, like a t-shirt. Well, no, they first strip you down nude. First you're naked. Yeah. Right? Then they prisonize you.
1: Yeah. You know, that sets you up for psychological (laughs) success on their end of let's get this guy straightened out. And uh, then they bring you some clothes that are not new. These are not new clothes.
0: Mine had a little blood stain down the front of it that kind of. Yeah, these aren't the good clothes that anyone
1: wanted. Right. So this is just. uh, Did you get the little blue shoes? Got the little slippers. Yeah. Yeah. So the shoes are one of the first issues when you get in there. Yeah. And you need shower shoes, Oh my! as you can imagine. Oh my. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm in there getting processed, getting clothes. Uh, a nurse, you meet with a health care. Co- I don't know if I asked, or I think that's just a part of the thing. You're going to meet with uh, someone and go over what are your health conditions. Yeah. I'm glad I did that. I'm yeah. sure we'll talk more.
0: Yeah, we need to talk about that.
1: Yeah. Um, what
0: happened when you met with a nurse?
1: Well, I let them know that uh, you know which which was uh, uh probably a condition that many people are about to get incarcerated they develop uh, alcoholism yeah and I let her know that I have been drinking heavily since my uh you know throughout the stress of the Absolutely. the the proceedings and um uh, and up until my incarceration. Right. And, you know, uh, a lot. Uh-huh. And her concern is you're going to have delirium, you know, you're going to have alcohol withdrawal, and I agreed, definitely I'm going to have alcohol right. withdrawal. That's pretty much what I'm warning you about is I'm going to have alcohol withdrawal. When did you last drink? And, you know, the answer was yesterday. Right. And how many? And the answer was, you know, many. plenty. Yeah. As I had been drinking. Yeah. Um, so, they prescribe me, I guess, a heavy vitamin B. You know, they prescribe just- me a number of, a combination of things. You just, so now I'm in the medical system too. So, I, you get your name called. You're going to take your pill in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to get your pill or shot in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And this was my. Uh, Treatment. It's actually the only treatment that I had actually received for alcoholism in my life. For this condition, was the treatment that I received at Leavenworth, Leavenworth when I yeah. And I'm glad that they diagnosed you. I'm so glad that we had that conversation.
0: Yeah. So you how long how long did they keep you in the basement of the big penitentiary, Leavenworth, when you checked in that day?
1: For uh, about five hours. Yeah. Yeah. So from the morning from ten o'clock. Um, prior to, I guess I got out around 3 or 4 o'clock. I got a meal. Uh, Can't remember exactly what I was doing for shoes. I think you and James Clark brought me shoes and a pair of shorts either that day or the next (coughs) I do
0: think we helped you out with some shoes. Yeah,
1: somebody came. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of funny. Someone is usually they know you're coming. I, I don't know. It's a little weird that you're there are people from your hometown in your prison wherever you go. <laughs> Which is odd. Yes. So
0: uh-huh. so when you get finally taken and you know, okay, they come and get you in your cell and they say you were gonna take you down to the camp. Yes. That's good news. That's that's good news that they're gonna take you down to the camp because at this point you're thinking, I sure hope they think it turns out it's good news, yeah. yeah but you're the time you're still thinking for those four hours or five hours. I wonder where they're going to take me next. What's next? Because yeah. you first notice that you don't get any information. The first thing as you walk in is for the rest of your time at Leavenworth, you know nothing.
1: No, you don't talk. You don't talk and ask about anything. <laughs> you know
0: nothing. They're not going to tell you yeah. anything. You're going to sit there until they open the that that sliding door and let you out, and you get into a car and they take you down to the camp. So. You walk in. You don't have anybody else you're walking in with, right? it's just you? No, someone?
1: I walked in just a van. Okay. Van ride. Yeah. yeah. But Van ride true. uh and the driver of the van is another prisoner, sure. it turns out. I didn't I didn't know at the time, but everybody driving around yeah, actually, you know, the inmates cruising run the around. Place. The inmates run the place. Yes. That I is, mean they do everything. That is correct, yeah.
0: That's the one thing that you find out when you go to prison is is I didn't realize that they the inmates make the food. The inmates cut the grass. The inmates everything. Uh, do the HVAC. Well, there is no HVAC. No, there's no air conditioning, <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that.
1: Or You don't have to worry about or that. Or the heat. No. Uh, the inmates do everything. They do everything. In, incl- I mean, there's even a, uh, a, a for-profit business, a Unicorn. recycling company. And yeah. The inmates all work. They do that, too. They work there with
0: pride. The one thing that the that the inmates don't do is they don't do count. They, that is done by the correctional officer and that was what's required for you for count is to stand there, right?
1: Yes. You stay. Yeah. And so I got in, uh, was driven down in a van and uh, you know, you get processed into, okay, you're going to walk through this um, vestibule, whatever you would like to call it before you go through a court. Yeah. It wasn't really that nice. You're going to walk into this little lobby area and then we're gonna take you in and you're gonna be at camp and you're handed some clothes okay here's where you're you're gonna go live here on did a cot. Down the basement no i was up um
0: no i mean did you go get your clothes in the basement? yeah i went okay. and got my clothes that's in the basement of, that's, that's a of, little sketchy <laughs> you sketchy, know yeah.
1: there's a guy walking you to the basement already all dark steamy yeah going it's big, sketchy uh,
0: big, big big yeah Chain link, fizzy. big,
1: scary guy <laughs> down there. Turns out to be the nicest guy. Nice guy. Uh, yeah.
0: And anyways,
1: yeah. Okay. You got some used clothes now. Yeah. Um, don't have shower shoes. You need to buy those. So the, luckily there is a little mall, you know, there's commissary there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, day one was, uh, <laughs> yeah. Where am I sleeping? Um, uh,
0: this is the one of eating sends stuff down through yeah. <laughs> I think I
1: got there just in time not to eat. Actually, yeah, I think yeah. that's what happened. It's probably good. Yeah, five o'clock meal I missed, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then at some point, you know, I'm walking around. I'm walking, uh, just killing time. And then you, okay, you're all going to bed. <laughs> you're all going to bed now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And all of the lights are going off, and you're all. Are
0: you approached by anybody at this time, or are you just walking around on your own?
1: No, I was walking around on my own wearing these Army boots that they give you, which are not very comfortable. Mm, not very comfortable. Um, no, I wasn't approached by anybody, and really, as I recollect, it might have been you and James the first day or might have been the second day. I can't yeah. remember. But those are the, you, you two reached out. Uh, when I went into my dormitory, there was a nice young guy there named Terry. Okay, you need some shower. I'm going to give yeah. you some flip-flops, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give you a bowl. Because you need your own bowl for the microwave. The food culture yeah. in prison is bigger than you would think. You don't just go to the cafeteria and there's your tray and you're done with a.
0: Oh no, no it's like uh, food is like crack cocaine, and and the uh, food's a big deal. Yeah, food and there's the
1: variations any... on, on ways to make things that are well. i the say I remember things. you
0: got very good at making pizza. Pizzas, yeah, pizzas in my,
1: in the microwave. Pizzas in a microwave out of tortillas, and Fantastico. whatever whatever. Uh, you know, the commissary is funded by the enterprise rent-a-car. I don't, yeah. know, we have, I don't know if they're, a, are they a sponsor? We will make them one. Okay. Yes. So. It'd only be fair. That's that's the uh, prison industrial complex yeah. is brought to you by the same people you get your Miata from. Yeah. And uh, so you have sausage, cheese, uh, whatever, tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and uh, yeah, pizzas are a big thing. Huge. Uh, Burgers, things fall off the truck around the cafeteria. There's a huge food industry.
0: <laughs> there's a lot and of things prison. That fall off the truck. <laughs> Between the food warehouse to Unicor, to, the, to the dock. The garden. Yeah. Things are falling off all there's, over prison. And there is there's a lot of food that falls off. And and they and that food that falls off, they make good out of that. You know, I, I remember one night we were um Remember Big Watson? He was my son. yes. Okay. Oh yes, Yeah. So he was a he. he liked to cook. Yes. With, one night I came in. I remember I, uh, Clark and I just got done playing basketball, and we came upstairs and Watson's got the whole sink area all with the uh, flour. He's doing chicken, and he's dropping them into a trash can with stingers that are making yes. Those going to have to explain the stinger. <laughs> Those are made up at. Uh, Unicorn, right? Yeah, so they get that, and those make the, the oil hot, so th- that fries the chicken.
1: That's a stripped-off cord from <laughs> it something, right? Is and, that-
0: and, and, and here's the thing I was thinking, too, is that – so he's doing that. He's running is, a fryer. He's running a fryer yes. in, a, in a trash can, and then at the other side, you've got Bass. I don't know if you remember Bass, but he's shaving his whole body. All three showers are on, on cold because Watson's trying to keep the the, uh, the steam down from the chicken. <laughs> And then you've got like 10 guys smoking in the corner it, right over by the urinals and the toilets. And I'm like, you know, you can't make this up. It was like
1: the scene in <laughs> Star Wars at that
0: cantina. Just a Friday that's, night before the movies. Before
1: the movies.
0: <laughs> so t- t- tell, oh me what, tell me goodness. what your thoughts were about the movies. Cause the movies, uh, I don't know if that's everywhere in prison like it is at Leavenworth.
1: Well, first of all, the movies, all right, I got in trouble for this I got uh my colleagues in prison were not happy because the movies actually come out I don't know how yeah but they come out before they're at the theater <laughs> <laughs> so what was the sniper movie? It was a good one
0: were they uh, 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 Oh gosh. You know, Army SEAL type, I, whatever. They were in uh, Texas.
1: He's from Texas. Yeah, they
0: were in Afghanistan so, or something. So we <laughs> get
1: this movie before it is out in theaters, and I'm dumb enough to, you know, I'm telling my dad on our nine o'clock phone call. Oh, yeah, this is he's that's not even out. Oh yeah, I don't know how oh, I, have, I, don't know. I don't know how they do it, but um yeah, they're pirating. Someone's got internet access, some prisoner.
0: And they some read.
1: prisoner who is uh got one of the the key jobs of being an administrator's assistant; those are the people that they have Excel, so they can print out, you know, and they, documents, and yeah. they have the internet. And yeah, uh,
0: but here's the deal: they they read your emails, so so you you have to correct you, you have to type five five cents a minute, pretty fast, but. That is how they found out about that. They they read your email to your dad.
1: Oh, and, that's right. Yeah, yeah. the the CEO. Oh, and then they leaked it. Yeah, so yeah. the corrections officer. <laughs> that's correct. I forgot. Exactly. I'm glad you prompted me. So the CEO drags me in and says, "Why are you why are you saying this?" You know, I didn't, denied. you know, deny, yeah. deny, deny. Yeah. And then in a, you know, so in addition to his giving me some shit, he tells the uh, other prison population just in case there's some prison justice <laughs> that needs to be meted out to me.
0: And, and Jason, you probably remember this In that movie, they were up on that mountaintop and he was going to take that guy out. And he said, if you do that, man, you're going to end up at Leavenworth. And we're all, that sitting, was funny. we're all sitting there like, Oh Yeah. <laughs> Right. That
1: that was funny. We are actually in Leavenworth. And I think Dwayne the Rock. I think there was another movie with a Leavenworth Leavenworth. reference. It's always funny when you're at Leavenworth and you get a Leavenworth shout out.
0: And you're on your plastic chair and you're in no air conditioning and watching (laughs) your movie. Just sweating,
1: yeah. In I, your seat where you sit, your seat, and that's your a good seat. Point.
0: Tell me about that, Jason. What's the deal with the seat deal? Like, uh, why does everybody have their own? seat? Okay, you
1: bring your ch- your own chair for <laughs> yeah. one. You go to the auditorium mm-hmm. and you and you bring your own chair. Are
0: you seeing things when you walk in? Are there people selling goods before the movies?
1: Yes. So this is the stamp economy. Mm-hmm. Books of stamps, stamp numbers, individual stamps. Two stamps is a general get you a lot snack. Get you you a soda know, or- get you soda. Uh, brownies, mm-hmm.
0: um, pizza,
1: burritos, burritos pizza, yeah. uh, you know, Some whatever
0: made ice cream. Uh, that's right. Yeah. I think it was, uh, Daniel Jackson made ice cream. I don't know how that was going. I'm not even sure I don't how, how, how that did. was going on. Anyway. It didn't
1: so, um, sense. yeah, you have got to, you, you don't just pull your chair uh-uh. down. I always felt bad. You got to find your click right away <laughs> in prison. Just find your, punk out, punk out. find your people. Before you make a mistake. Yeah. But now, yeah, the, that's your seat. That's your seat forever. Yeah. From now on, that's your seat. And that's where you sit. Unless
0: somebody leaves and you like that area better and now you're senior. There is some seniority. Longer, yeah.
1: I didn't get the opportunities for you seniority enough, like you did yeah. in many cases. Yeah. But, and there's uh, so much pride in that to stay But, longer. you know, I just uh, really appreciate you and Jim letting me Hang out ride your coattails, you <laughs> exactly. know, that good seat and we had. We actually had
0: a pretty good area seat. We had
1: some good seating yeah. in the movie theater and in the cafeteria and, for and, TV night.
0: Yeah. So, TV night, uh, we all. Uh, they called it the white wall, that it was a white center block wall. And it's
1: one of the reasons they called it that.
0: Yes, one of the reasons the other was is there was these <laughs> right. goofy white collar guys sitting right. on the wall. And we could we sit with our plastic chairs on there and everybody else had their own places every every night. But we could actually see all four TVs. You could see the Hispanic TV, the black TV, the redneck TV and the white TV. So it was, it was you could you get it all.
1: Yeah, you got it all. You got... Uh, and
0: we all listen through by radio phone. Exactly. Headphones, Everyone's got
1: headphones. Yeah. Uh, well, that was smart. Of all the things that they're doing in the prisons, Brilliant. they are correct that I don't want to listen to yeah. someone else's music just like I don't want to listen to a speakerphone conversation yeah. uh, t- today that I'm not a party to. So, yeah, well, you're all on headphones, and you dial in to which TV you want to watch, and... Uh,
0: so let's go back, and to and that's this. not
1: selected by, no.
0: yeah, no, 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 and you and you can't go up and change the station because that actually will prompt a fight. Yes, you, oh, you nothing's definitely. Nothing's done manually. No, no, <laughs> no. You, you're change. gonna be rolling, <laughs> right? That that is a. you never,
1: I never saw it. Yeah. I never saw a fight. Oh. Uh, a couple might have
0: occurred that I'm aware of, but heard it, about uh, it. Yeah, yeah. So t- I want to roll back, Jason, because you kind of set me up to ask you this. So you. You got diagnosed with prescription drugs um, for your drinking before you came in, and there so happened to be a program in the federal system, and it's about the only program that you can get time off. Uh, it's called RDAP. I think it's Residential Drug Addiction Awareness? Program. Yeah, awareness. So anyway, there whatever RDAP, the acronym is for, uh, you get a year off if you can get a if you can get into the program and Doctor Wells allows you into that program. You actually get a year off if you complete the nine months. Correct. And you were not approved for that program before you came in.
1: That is right. I, uh, you know, to be approved for RDAP, you probably
0: should be had in a to pre-sentence have report yeah you had it had judged. to be in your pre
1: sentence report and you probably already needed to be being medicated and, and being counseled for that issue um and i was not i did
0: so what you did do though was get a prescribed drug diagnosed by the by by the bureau of prisons and then that allowed you to go in and talk to dr wells about the fact that they messed up missed you because you're already prescribed
1: well yes so i had applied and i think been maybe turned down for the first round of rdap Mm And had the benefit at that time of a letter that had been written by a family doctor, physician recommending based on, you know, you know what he understood, having not seen me personally, but conversing with, with me on the phone, he wrote a nice letter to try to get me into... Uh, the addiction treatment program, and that was a failure because there was no actual treatment that I had received in advance. So after being turned down, I went in and, you know, I made an appointment with Dr. Wells Mm -hmm. and to discuss, okay, how, why was I turned down and maybe how we could make this work, Uh, it, it, you know, and at the time I didn't really appreciate, does he want me in here or does he not want me in here? Or do they not care? Or, you know, I I don't know, but, and he just basically said, well, that letter's not going to do it. And you are having been, um, pulled over once for a DUI that was later dismissed Mm -hmm. nine years ago. Also doesn't do it. You have Mm -hmm. to have something here in the preceding 12 months, whatever. And I said, well, you know, when I came here, Uh you guys treated me. So I, he's, and he, he, wasn't aware of that and said, and wanted the details. And I said, yeah, I came in and I told them, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm been a serious drinker for a long time. I'm going to have serious withdrawals. And they gave me, you know, this shot and this sublingual, whatever. And he said, Oh, well, let me see if we can work with that. And he called back up to the big house mm-hmm. and verified, and verified those prescriptions. The, the seven days of treatment or nine uh-huh. days of treatment that I received. And Bam, you're in. you're into the RDAP program and you're gonna have nine months of intensive RDAP uh, retro, you know or inspection. I don't know what treatment. One year off, one year off. So my, my my 24 yeah. month sentence, was dropped to a twelve month sentence, yeah. and then you know.
0: No, I didn't have you very long, Jason.
1: I know, you know.
0: But l- let me ask you this: because when they every- say
1: short and sweet, it's it's yeah. it was
0: sweet how short it was yeah. for me. I mean, I just barely got to know you. I know. Uh, but that's not really true. You see somebody every day. That is one of the strange things about. But I was going to ask you, um, when somebody leaves, I was just gonna I might as well finish what I was saying. It, it is strange because. It, there's nothing like prison where you if, – if if you're somebody's a friend of yours, you see them every day, they're part of your routine, you do things with them, and you can't leave. So it's not like, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. No, I'm going to see you a lot right for the day. <laughs> so, <laughs> passing by exactly. and uh, – And we'll probably see each other out yeah, on the fence Yeah, I'm not going to Rockbridge. No. So it's not like you run into people every once in a while. You're with them all the time. So when somebody leaves, I, I always analogize that to be like – it's almost like uh, – it really messes with your routine. And when you're leaving prison, uh, it's almost like you're leaving somebody on the field of battle. Because yes. you know that you're leaving them behind and they're going to stay in that same y- shitty place. Yes. For a long time. But I was going to ask you. is But the relationship. Does, go ahead. I was going to ask you, though, when, when you went in and when you started dealing with the fact that, okay, I'm going to be here for a while, did you mentally use any particular strategies of, like, how am I going to get through the day? What am I going to do as far as, like, was there a strategy that how you handled prison? Was it any different than how you handled yourself outside of prison? No,
1: it wasn't. It wasn't. And I think one of the questions that you are going to be asked a lot was, uh, were you scared? Uh-huh. And you know, the, the smart answer, the answer for me is no, you, you can't be, it's scary, Yeah. but you can't be scared. Well, you
0: can't let people know you're scared.
1: Right. So that, that, you have to well. really wrap your head around.
0: And I, I don't know about you. Never you never walked around like you were scared. No,
1: I didn't. <laughs> that's not a good idea. You,
0: were, you didn't even act like you were worried about not going to work.
1: No, I was not worried about. They want you working there, and that's a whole other story of that
0: was a jobs I've washed of
1: out of. Uh, I went up to Unicorn and I told them that wasn't for me. That you didn't see. I it didn't that see way. myself in a factory, but um, <laughs> anyway, you, you the, the relationships don't stop either because prison doesn't stop. When you leave, you're going to a halfway house, and you want to know, uh, you know, what is that like? Right. What's the next step? And when you go into prison. Uh, I don't know about you, but the months, uh, the the time I have spent on the Internet just becoming an, in, an okay. Internet attorney. First of all, I had to become an attorney on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had to become a an expert on what is prison life like on the Internet. So okay. you spend a lot of time, wasted time, I would probably tell, you know, like most time spent worrying is time spent wasted. Yeah. Uh, but you think about prison a lot. A lot because before you get that postcard,
0: well, because it's the unfamiliar, unknown world. So, most people, most adults or kids don't like change. Well, this is a big one, it's a big one, yeah. And I went into my sentencing,
1: um expecting to to maybe I'm going to get house arrest I mm-hmm. still had like I think the it's a flip wants, of a coin yeah
0: you know mine was probation to five years I,
1: I want yeah mine was probation to two years yeah. I want house arrest I got the two years so from the minute you get the two years until you get the postcard uh there's a lot
0: to think you're about. you're quite
1: consumed with what's happening next mm-hmm. and the mailman yeah. plays a big part in, you know the mail being here
0: big deal big deal and, and I think that's the other part of it. What you When you get there, you have to figure out uh, how does this all work? Because there's prison rules, but the inmate rules are the most important. And you have to figure out how to work the TrueLink system so that you can talk to the outside world. you got to figure out how to work the telephone so you can talk to the outside world. So there's a lot of different things that you have to step into. And surprisingly, for me, I found that very quickly there were some people that wanted to help me. And... I was, that was one of the things, you know, your fear factor going in, you know, what's going to happen as far as me walking in. But, you know, within an hour or two, there were guys saying, hey, you need to do this. You know, Roma was telling me how to do my bed and how to make it military style. Clark was telling me, uh, you know, you you can go down to the chapel and get some toiletries until you can go to the commissary. And I'm going to show you how, you know, maybe get you a job. All those things were happening. A towel. A towel's a big deal. We, I didn't have a pillow for a couple of weeks because the uh, uh, military Watson, the, the tats, he told me, um, good luck with that.
1: Takes a, it takes a, a couple of weeks to get everything yeah. set up. Yeah. Including your permanent bed. Yeah. Uh, well, you sometimes. were. you
0: ended up, uh, when you first went, You did you go to A2? Uh, or were you in B, B1, B B2?
1: Let me think here. The the for those out there, for those out there listening. There's you got to know the layout. There's four blocks. There's, right.
0: There's the A block, the B block, the C block, and the D block. There's the suburbs, which was the B one and C one, where those were two men cells, which were really, very nice, very nice to have.
1: The RDAP. You're in a separate dormitory while you're in the RDAP
0: program, right. too,
1: which is very nice. It's they cleaner. Po- they police that. Police it. Um, but a couple of them are just, you know, it's the Wild West. Mm-hmm. There's a restaurant. There's, you know, <laughs> there's drinks. Yeah. So I was up uh, upstairs towards the back where you're walking out to the track past the CO, past commissary, yeah. past the CO's office. Yeah. I can't remember if that was A2. I think it was A2. Yeah. So yeah. A2, I started out on a bunk. We were at capacity. Yeah. The inn was full at that time as it And for those who don't know, was.
0: Jason, you walked into a room with 50 bunk beds, a locker, and a plastic chair. And that's your world. And you share that. Except I was on a cot
1: at the oh, time. When right, I came in, no, we were so, full. Yeah. We were oversubscribed. I,
0: remember, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So people were sleeping it, in the gym for a long time Yeah
1: under your your stuff goes under your cot.
0: Well, you know when that's probably the way you should have been handled because you were going to be there for a year.
1: Didn't know that up front, <laughs> too. When you get there, you, you know I'm telling you the math on that first night of laying there on yeah. okay, 80% of 24 months mm-hmm. is what what how many more days yeah. of this do I have to go through? So that's the first night. You you uh, wake <laughs> up the next morning, uh, get counted. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So I didn't know really how often they're doing this count. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the next, which
0: by the way, the count we make fun of it, but the count is a very serious thing because it is how many people are in the prison. If if you're missing, that means that there's been an escape. Oh, it's a big deal. And if you don't show up to count. That is counted as a first level shot for escape. Yeah. So, do you don't miss count?
1: No. They're going to put you in. It's solitude. not optional. They're gonna, no. They're going to really mess with it's you. It's a bad thing. So, but I did it. I, I yeah. missed it the very next day. Yeah. I'm just meandering around. Yeah. And they just counted us at like whatever, yeah. seven. I don't know Seem why. Seemed like it was enough. Seemed right? like we just <laughs> counted. But uh, anyway, I'm walking around. I think I've got some laundry in, and I'm carrying a tennis racket. Okay, that's the part that he didn't like the most. So the hallway is empty. Given the right, this is the stereotype. next morning, and the hallway is empty. And I'm like, yeah. oh man, whatever I What is, good? is there a <laughs> conference? Everybody, everybody got a out. Gymnasium? Is a- Everybody's been free. <laughs> you know? And I see the CO come around the. What <sighs> the? F- are uh, you doing? Yeah, you are. My count, uh-huh. Look, like, whoa! I'm gonna hustle. I'm yeah. gonna get on back up there right yeah. now. How long have you been here? Uh oh. Okay. I said this is my second day. Yeah. Okay. So that I got off. That's how I got some some slack yeah. on that one because you're you. new. Because I'm new, and within the same. Okay, you can't have visitors as soon as you get there either. So you get there, and for a period of time, you're there's no. You're not calling anyone. You're not right. emailing anyone. Not even no sure no how to get is, a hold of them. No. No one's <laughs> coming to see you. Uh, for a while, yeah. they have to fill out their and, paperwork and, and get approved. You're just around
0: in a daze with a tennis racket. What is?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is
0: quite different
1: for me. Oh god. Uh, so when we did get finally, so we have visitors and we go back out to that that uh, what do you call it? Entry area or wherever? Yeah, the visiting we, room the is visiting it's like room. a
0: dentist uh, waiting room.
1: Yes. So I also messed up count there one time. Mm. At 10 o'clock. But I thought, don't you know I'm here? There's only 30 people yeah. out. I, you know that I'm out here. So yeah, why no, no. are we leaving? So they do this while your mom's there. <laughs>
0: Have you okay. Stand out
1: They're going to come yeah. out and just show your family, no, we're st- he's a <laughs> prisoner for sure. We're still going to make him um, come out and line up. And during your visiting time, we're going to take a couple minutes and
0: count everyone. And it's a little uncomfortable to do that in front of your family for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... So you find that you, you're, because I remember when you left, we had a like a little a party. Going away party and yeah. pizzas and yeah, um, as so we
1: do when when one is going yeah when one is leaving one
0: is going to leave. Uh, so you get out, and that's a big day, right? I mean, you're you're like uh, I'm getting out, you're getting out, uh, and and I it's think it's a big it is a, a big day, it's a, it's a big, day. big big day. But there's a, I think there's a lot of anticipation too of the fact that you know people are like.
1: It's not what you think it's going to be, no. though.
0: And you went to the Dismas house. Yes. Tell me about that.
1: All right. So uh, you you get out because we hear about it. You hear about it. You don't hear anything good. Mm-mm. That's shooting. A lot. There's a lot of talk lot of about the Dismas
0: house at Leavenworth.
1: You go on. Go on there. Uh, so you get out. My dad picked me up. It's like he dropped me off. We went to the first. Uh, Quick Trip gas station, whatever, somewhere where there was choices and mm-hmm. money that I spend my own money and yeah. get whatever I want I feel here. Like a real person, it's amazing. Yeah, we drive through um, from Leavenworth back to St. Louis, go to uh, my grandma's house where we're gonna, you know, have a nice meal. Every mm-hmm. you know, a few cousins are over, etc. And you're really wondering, well, do, do I have to get to Dismas House today? Mm-hmm. Is tomorrow, you know, I got to get big some a deal? things. Is it that big a deal? Yeah. I've got to get, you know, I got to get my cell phone. I, gotta mm-hmm. a, I got to get the things that you do. need.
0: I've been gone for a while. Right.
1: Um, want to get some of my own clothes now mm-hmm. not wear these clothes. Right. So, uh, no, you got to go today. You got to get downtown to Dismas and they House. They give you a time period. They give you a time period. Yeah. It's pretty tight. It's pretty tight. And, you know, so you think you're free, and you think you're going to call down, hey, I'm going to be a little late. A little late. Don't worry about it. Yeah, no, you're not
0: free. No. Get down here. Now. Uh, yeah, or and we're, we're going to send count- you back. You're still a BOP prisoner. You're still a Bureau Inmate, of Prison And if you don't get here on time, custody. that's going to count it as an escape. <laughs> yes,
1: and we're going to send you back, and yeah. you're going to go back up to the medium, maybe.
0: And that catches your attention. Yeah. yeah.
1: So now you're – now okay, we'll be right down. Right. All right. So – uh you know, and and we're skipping over some stuff. You don't get out of prison when you're supposed to either. Mm-hmm. So your release date, like you you've calculated it. You think this is you the day? You, know what it you is. think you know what it is? Yeah. You think you went online? Yeah. Even what it tells you online of mm-hmm. your release date. Well, that just depends on if they have enough people there to process you. Right. If it's around a holiday. See, mine was a holiday. Yeah, so keep, they
0: just didn't work, and so I stayed an extra six days. Yeah, so they it doesn't don't sound care like much, but it is <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so
1: you know, this is something that ought to. I, I don't know it, it, why this was never important to anyone. Yeah. that my release date is the 12th, and you're keeping me. I think mine was nine more days, yeah. and you know, it's just. The disappointment, a lot of disappointment. Uh, uh, continues, yeah. you know, the things that are not in your control and are not yeah. to be discussed or let's rationalize how no, this happened.
0: You're no. not at a resort, a you know, five-star, no. extra nine days will just so, be fine.
1: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's the same thing at the halfway house. You're not getting out of the halfway house when you're supposed to. Well, I
0: think the thing about the halfway house is, is that you are going from one prison to another prison. To me, Dismas House is the oldest halfway house in the United States, and it is not good. And you've got people there from maximum to camp, uh, roughly 100 to 150 guys living in a really bad area town on Cold Brilliant Boulevard, and you hear... Uh shots bad things happen there. You bad things are happening in the there building, and outside all around you. There. Yeah. And and that's gonna be your home now that you've left Leavenworth and you're thinking when you're walking into the Dismas house, my God, this place is worse than the place I just that left. That is correct.
1: That is correct. This is worse. I've never been in, in a more dangerous environment than yeah. where they have put me yeah. right now. This
0: is to protect you. Yes. To go to the halfway house. So they're helping you.
1: And, uh, you know, they collect 25% of your income. Up front. Uh, your, your, your your weekly gross, whatever gross, your, your gross, your not the net. Right. So there's definitely an incentive to go ahead and keep you around a, a little Long while longer can. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, So yeah, I mean, you're just a piece of meat and we're going to let you out of prison, not when you're supposed to be, but when we feel like it. And we're going to keep you an extra week at the halfway house too, or months at the halfway house.
0: So when you got back and you started into the halfway house and started seeing people, what was your feeling like when you walked into a room, does everybody know I went to prison or were you feeling like it didn't really matter or did it even cross your mind being back home? You know, I I always kind of thought, they always kind of looking at me like, "Did he didn't turn into a prison creature? Did he? He's he's still Brent, right?"
1: Yeah, it's a little weird the the coming out,
0: you know the the
1: uh, introductions that you're going to have to your groups of friends when you get out are are pretty awkward. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to an event where uh, they inducted one of, uh, one of my club members into the, uh, St. Louis sports hall of fame. So r- r- just after I got out within a couple of weeks, Hey, here's this event. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So immediately I'm out of prison and then directly we're all going to this ballroom and we're doing this. And, uh, you know, I played polo for many years. Yeah. So, um,
0: as all middle-class uh, kids from Wentzville do. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: absolutely. Why not, right? How, how do we? Once you be, Everybody plays polo. Everybody, do, do, where do we meet up? So, uh, yeah, I wasn't just walking into my, here's the guys I all went to welding school with, yeah. and there was a memorial. Now I'm back to, okay, you're this is.
0: The, you're in the club again. I'm
1: back in the club again, and, uh, you know, everybody, what was it like? Glad to see you.
0: Well he, here's the one thing i I think that's interesting about, and you and I have talked about this jason it's th- there is a um a feeling that you know when you're out you sh- you know everything's back, you're normal, you're getting into the swinging things, everything's good. One thing that I think that people don't understand there's two thirds of the people that go to prison go back. In three years, and three fourths go back in five years, and everybody's like, "Wow, those guys are stupid." They're, you know, they need to get their act right. They're, you know, they, they got to figure out, you know, get straight, do this. But here's the thing that I don't think people really take into account and understand is, is that when you get out, we are the last of our breed where you can legally discriminate against an ex felon because you have to put it on uh, your job application. Right, you have to put check it, the box. Check the box. You have to put it in where you want to live, and and most places won't rent to somebody who's an ex felon. And you need a car or credit. So the three things that you need in life a place money, to, a place to live, uh, a job, and credit or a car makes it really hard to get those things. Really tough because. Those are tough anyway, but then if you put on top of it that you've got the, the, the life letter. sentence. Yeah. yeah.
1: When you get the life sentence of you're a felon, uh, which cont- continues well after you leave Leavenworth and well after you leave Dismas house, they're not trying to help you get back into the community. Really? No. They're not really trying to help you get a job. They're not really trying to help you with your, uh, continued treatment from the RDAP program they're
0: just keeping their claws in you for financial purposes. If you think about it, both you and I started back in 2007, 2008 on, on this journey. And um, I think it takes – I also think when you get out, it takes a good six months to a year to get your feet under you. I, I And I mean get your feet under you like you're not looking over your shoulder. You're not thinking that you got to be a count. You know, you, there, there's a – and everything's moving pretty fast for – and I don't know how to really – analogize that to something, but it feels like life is moving it's life stopped in prison, (laughs) literally. Yes. And then you jump back into a moving car to catch back up. And that's what you're doing like in the first six months to a year is just trying to feel a little bit more normal because it doesn't happen right away. And and you're being put in situations where you don't feel normal, like being put in the Dismas house and other places. You're trying to get a job you're trying to get back and you, you're trying to get
1: a job and now here comes this guy from wants, some investigator yeah. that wants to come see you at your job site.
0: Which is very intimidating to everybody. Yeah.
1: And when you're on an open floor in yeah. a bullpen of salespeople like yeah. I was, well, you can spot this guy yeah. because he's a disheveled schlub and working the, for the government. He stands <laughs> out like a red thumb for the guy who is yeah. uh, you know, and he's the one that's supposed to be the yeah. Legitimizer of am I here
0: working for real? Yeah, um but but I think my point too was is that you know for the nonviolent guys, and there's a lot of nonviolent guys that are that are uh, in the ex felon world. you know, there's twenty five million of us. there's two and a half million in, in incarcerated now. So there's a large number of people that are affected by this. And for the nonviolent people, you know, I think there has to be something in some way, tweaked to where society benefit. I mean, you, you're a smart guy that built a, a big company. You know, a lot of companies could benefit from that. But man, it's it's a really hard interview, right? It's a very hard interview. Um, you're
1: going to have to find someone that you know, yeah. to give you another opportunity. And that's what I did. Yeah. And beyond that, everyone is wanting to make sure that they get the benefit of your business acumen along with the felon discount. Yeah. So, here's a guy that used to make a lot of money, knows a lot. Let's learn everything that he knows for as little as we possibly can cuz he's just happy to be outside.
0: Yeah. That's so
1: And still dealing with that. Yeah. Right? So, um it, it, yeah, I mean, we're a disenfranchised group with Nothing really appealing or attractive in in rehabilitating us. The white collar guy. I mean, I can't even get a job selling business services for charter cable.
0: Yeah. Um, Which is odd because there's no there's there's no danger to you. Or, <laughs> yeah. If I'm gonna hire you, you're not gonna do anything to me. I'm I'm probably. <laughs> probably
1: the (laughs) least likely person that wants to go back to prison is someone who was there already. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, um, the other thing I I was going to ask you, Jason, is that, you know, when you get out, what do you think as your normal day, what, what is it you think you probably appreciate the most not being in prison?
1: Well, the control of your own time and what you're, and what
0: you're going to do and when you're going to do it. I say that too, that, 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 and it's such it's the little things of being able to do what you want to do when you're going to do it, not having to ask somebody to do it. And I've I've related that back to, you know, for the last 18 months, everybody's gotten just a little taste of prison. Yeah, we've been locked down. Yep. Can't be where you want. Can't go when you want. Can't go the time you want. Got to wear a mask. It's a little taste of prison in it. And it, it really knocks people off their game. And, uh, you know, the thing, you know, that I think in the part of, you know, this whole podcast is, is you've got to continue to take that step, regardless if it scares the shit out of you. Uh, The thing you fear the most to finally get through that, walk around, climb over it, whatever, to get to the place you want to be. And it finally set yourself free. And success means a lot of things to a lot of different people. But um, we, I think... And I think, Jason, you have been in a situation where you've had a lot, lost a lot, and now you're in a position to where you're trying to continue to use your brain. Be productive. Be productive. Yeah. It feels good to do that. It, it does.
1: It does. And I'm happy to be out, of course, as an understatement. Um, but just the fact that it's, it's, it's not over and it's never over.
0: That's right. That's right. It's, it's in that, in that case, that part of things is a life (laughs) sentence. And I think that's why, you know, in the, in, in the grand scheme of things, you have to have a mindset that could easily make you fall into a rut. And you have to keep thinking about what are the things I can do that still help me feel like me, that I'm making a difference in something, and one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is, is I want to use our experiences that we've gone through so that people, they don't you don't have to go to prison. Right. <laughs> but everybody gets in their own ruts. I like, recommend you don't. No, I recommend, highly recommend it. Um, but everybody gets into their own ruts, whether it's you know, a bad job that you're stuck in or a bad marriage or you've lost hope in some type of deal or somebody's died in your family, any of those type of things. Life is unfair. The point is, is can you still make a difference uh, and still try to make a difference in what you're doing? Because uh, no one walks through this life without having to deal with their own shit.
1: Yeah. It's, it's not uh, the struggle towards happiness. You got to work for it.
0: You got to work for it. You got to have a good mindset. To make, and the, the old Henry Ford quote is, uh, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't. You're right. You're right. So, Jason... Man, I appreciate you coming on here today. Yes. This has been a fun talk, and I I think uh, hopefully somebody can get something out of something that we, we talked about today. Uh, I want to remind everybody, um, the book Nightmare Success is coming out um, pre-order, uh, 1st of November. And uh, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, and, and follow I want followers. I'm following (laughs) Jason's going to follow. So yeah, follow, uh, hit the like and, uh, talk to you next time.